Hey, hey, welcome to the Skinny with Jesus. I am Bevan Caramello, your Jesus girl, and I am so glad you've tuned in today. We are in the middle of a series lovingly titled, Hey Jude where we are, um, as you probably guessed it, we are walking through the book of Jude together. Okay, last week we talked about one of the main themes woven throughout the book of Jude. Uh, It it was called uh, Reject Falsehood and Immorality. That was our main theme for last week, Reject Falsehood and Immorality. And even though we don't know exactly what it is that's happening in the early church at the time um, that this was written, right? We don't know exactly what led Jude to write this letter. Um But we do know from how he starts this letter that he was hoping to write about the joy of their salvation in Christ, right? In verse 3, he tells us that. But then because of all that was creeping into the church at this time, because of everything that was trying to deceive these earliest Christians in the early church, Jude says, we've got to talk about this hard stuff. Like as much as I don't want to, as much as I'd rather just talk about the joy of our salvation that we share, we're going to have to have to talk about this other stuff. Um, so let's start right there in the book of Jude. I'm going to read verses three and four for us and we'll, um, we'll pick it up there. Starting with verse 3, Jude says, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who seek to change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Okay, so right there, we see godless men are trying to twist the gospel. And as we'll see uh, in a few later verses today, sexual immorality is literally knocking at their door. Okay, So let's start there, kind of got the the basics, and let's pick it up in verse 5 and go all the way down through verse 11. Jude says, Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their own home. These he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. In in the very same way, these dreamers pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and slander celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Yet these men speak abusively against whatever they do not understand and what things they do understand by instinct, like unreasoning animals. These are the very things that destroy them. Woe to them! 
They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Okay, guys, Jude here, he makes several really big statements. We're going to unpack some of those, okay, because he makes these big statements. And then he goes on throughout the rest of his book, and, and he gives numerous examples to kind of follow up and drive his point home. Okay, so verse 5, he says, Don't forget the way God brought us out of Egypt. Okay, right back at the very beginning, he's saying, I know you guys already know this, but I want to remind you that the Lord delivered us out of Egypt. Okay, he's saying, he's saying, don't forget about the way our God saved us. Remember who our God is. He's our deliverer, right? Remember the rescue. But then in that same verse, He goes on in verse 5 and then into 6 and 7 to say, but also don't forget about the way our God, the same God, our deliverer, don't forget how he deals with sin and immorality too, right? He'll only let things go so far. And I love right here as as we see this, this balance here, this perfect God, something that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. It's it's perfect grace and perfect justice. And it, it doesn't exist in our world with within human, the human realm, the human possibility of things. We're never both. It kind of boggles our minds, right? But that's what it is. God is both perfectly gracious and perfectly just at the same time. And Jude is saying He's going to act accordingly, okay? Remember his rescue and his wrath. Remember both. I think um, one of the best ways for us to do this now is to keep a faith journal. That's what I like to call mine. And, And we need to write down those moments when we know God showed up for us. Okay, we need to write down those moments where we know we were dealing with something supernatural. This was something big. This was a moment when when there's no other explanation for whatever happened in our lives other than what God did. You know, right now, the first one that comes to my mind is something that happened in our house yesterday. One of my sons just had surgery, and he was in a lot of pain. And um, two different times yesterday, as he was crying out to Jesus, crying out, Jesus, Jesus, help me, save me, take the pain away, crying out with the faith of a child. You know, and, and we saw God show up. Jesus took the pain away and there was no other explanation for it. That's the kind of thing that that needs to be written down in in our faith journals so that we can remember God's rescue. And then, you know, the other thing, remembering his wrath, these moments, these examples that Jude brings up when he's talking about not only did he rescue his people out of Egypt, but that he later destroyed those people in that group who didn't believe in him. Same thing that he's talking about later with Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, he, he says, God will rescue you. He's, he's perfectly gracious. And at the same time, he says, He's also perfectly just. Don't forget about his wrath. And if there are times in our lives where we've suffered 
consequences because of our own actions, we should write those down too. So that later when we're tempted to make those same mistakes, we can go back and we can read and we can remember. We can remember the way we suffered because of our bad choices. I tell my kids all the time, you know, good choices have good consequences and bad choices have bad consequences. You know, it's something even as adults, we need it like tattooed on our arms. So we'll remember our choices have consequences, right? And, you know, I think there's there's a very real enemy out there who attacks our memories of our supernatural encounters with the Lord, of our supernatural encounters with the Holy Spirit. In, in, in our humanness, then we're tempted to rationalize, rationalize it away. Um, and, and so when we have these moments written down where we know, where we're certain, we know God acted in one way or in another, um, I think it's just one easy way that we can squash those doubts that Satan tries to put in our minds of whether or not something really happened. Okay. All right. Let's go back to verse eight. It says, in the very same way, these dreamers pollute their own bodies, reject authority and and slander celestial beings. Okay. These dreamers here, Jude is still referring to those godless men that he was talking about back in verses three and four. Okay. Who have slipped in among them. He's writing to this to the the early Jewish Christians. Remember, and we're, that's still the subject here. He's still talking about these godless men that have slipped in among them and are are trying to be a part of their church. And and he's talking. He's saying they pollute their own bodies. This takes us back to verse seven. What's he talking about here? Well, in verse seven, he says, in a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. Okay, that's what he's talking about. They polluted their bodies sexually by being sexually immoral, all right? And then he mentions the destruction of the towns of Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you want more information about um, about how all that went down, I suggest that you read it for yourselves in Genesis 18 and 19. You can read the story about what happened there uh, when God completely wiped them out. They were so immoral and so corrupt that he, he just burned them to the ground because they'd become so sexually depraved. Um, he knew that that they were beyond being saved. Um, and if you look in Romans, I want to read a verse for us in the book of Romans from chapter 1. Let's see, verses 24 through 26. It says, Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. So eventually, um, let me go on. Verse 26 says, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. He gave them over. So eventually the desires of their hearts. If he knows that like the desire of our hearts is so sinful, it's never returning. It's never repenting. It says he'll just give you over to it at some point. That's how depraved this had, these, this society had become. And and Jude is warning these early Christians about that, about just how sexual depravity can take over in a society and how bad it can really get. Okay. Let's go back to Jude. Verse 10 says, 
Remember, we're talking about those same godless men, okay? Those same godless men that have snuck in and are among them. It says, yet these men speak abusively against whatever they do not understand and what things they do understand by instinct, like unreasoning animals. These are the very things that destroy them, okay? Like unreasoning animals. Let's unpack that a little bit. You guys, in other words, these godless, immoral people are just doing whatever they want to do, okay? And then they're using the gospel and Christ's sacrifice like a get out of jail free card. Okay? Basically they're 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 taking advantage of God's grace. And Jude is saying, "Hey, that is not how this works. You can't just you can't just rely on your instincts. You're not animals. Don't just do whatever feels good and then think you can just ask for forgiveness for it later." He says, "You are called to a higher purpose now." Remember, back a couple messages ago, we talked about this too. Remember how Jude starts this letter in verse 3. Defend the faith that's been entrusted to you. Contend for the faith. He's saying you're not just unreasoning animals anymore. You are called to a higher purpose. And then he tells us at the end of verse 10, these immoral things that they're doing. He says all this this sexual immorality, these are the very things that will destroy you. Okay, you guys remember we just read that in verse 10. Yet these men speak abusively against whatever they do not understand and what things they do understand by instinct. In other words, just whatever they feel like doing, like instinct, like unreasoning animals. These are the very things that destroy them in verse 10. Remember last week, reject falsehood and immorality. You guys, God is not a bad guy. He's not trying to steal our fun, right? He created sex. And sex, when it's used his way, is a good thing. And there's different places in the Bible, especially like in Song of Solomon, where where he tells us to enjoy sex, but we're supposed to do it his way within the confines of marriage, and when we do things his way, it's a good thing. It's a blessing. But when we go out on our own and we try to tell the creator how we want to use his creation, we're trying to play God in that. We want to do things our way just based on whatever feels good. I want you guys to think about it in terms of like fire in a fireplace, okay? When it comes to sexual immorality and the things that a lot of times I think society wants to paint God as the bad guy, that God just tells us no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. That he's trying to take away our fun. But you guys, he's not. He's given us that fire. He's just told us it's supposed to live within the fireplace. And think about fire in a fireplace. This is not mine, by the way, guys. I've I've heard this from several um, other places. And I just think it's such a beautiful picture of the way God instructs us to use sex, the way that he created sex to be. Fire in a fireplace is good. It brings light to the house. It brings warmth. You can cook over fire in a fireplace right? That fire is beautiful to look at. But when the fire gets outside of the fireplace, outside of the boundaries that it's supposed to stay within, what happens? It completely destroys the house, right? It burns the entire house to the ground. And that is Jude's warning here. 
He's saying, these men that are trying to say these things are okay, you guys, that fire outside of the fireplace, it will destroy you. Don't be like unreasoning animals here. Don't just go by instinct, by what feels good. It will destroy you. It will take over. You guys, take it from me. You know I've joked before that I'm a party girl turned Jesus girl. But there, there is truth in that. And I lived a life steeped in sin for two decades, doing a lot of things just because they felt good, living a way that was not godly. And I'm telling you, it doesn't fill you up. What the world promises is fun and feels good. It is so fleeting and it is so temporary. And at the end, it leaves you empty and broken and shameful and feeling guilty. It does not really offer what it promises to offer. Only God can offer those things. Only God can offer what we really, really desire, which is purpose and love and validation and, and, and being defined by who he says we are. You guys, the other thing that Jude really points to here in verse 10 is that these men speak against anything they don't understand. You guys, just because we don't fully understand it does not mean it's not real. And just because we don't agree with a command that God has given us, that does not give us license to just to break that command or to ignore it. We have to start with the Bible and then go from there. We have to start with the Bible as absolute truth, and we can't always trust our own thoughts or our own feelings about things when they conflict with the Bible. I want to read us a verse in the book of Isaiah. It's Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9 here. It says, this is God talking. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You guys, when things are happening that you don't understand or when God allows things that we can't wrap our minds around, things that are hard even, when he tells us to do things we don't want to do, we've got to bring it back to him. Okay? Bring that back to him through prayer. Bring it back to him. I gave us, I've got four, four bullet points here, four takeaways for you in, in a situation like this. One, we've got to start with scripture. Always, like I just said, start with scripture as truth and then work from there. Two, we need to ask God to confirm it. When, whenever we're facing something we don't understand, that, that we just can't wrap our minds around, or we're dealing with things that are just above our heads spiritually, ask God to confirm it. When someone teaches you something or you feel God leading you in a certain direction, but you're just not sure, ask him to confirm it. You need inspiration for this? You guys read the story of Gideon in the book of Judges. Gideon needed confirmation from God more than once. And you guys, God knows we're human, right? He created us to be human. So he understands our humanity. He understands our frailty. He understands our skepticism and our doubt. Ask him to confirm 
what he's showing you, what you're being taught, what you're questioning. Number three, keep praying. If something is hard or you're reading something in scripture that that the world says differently about and you need truth, keep praying and asking him to reveal it to you. Listen to the scripture from the book of Jeremiah. It's in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 12 and 13. It says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You guys seek him with all your heart. He promises that you'll find him. And the fourth thing I wrote down here is that when we're doubting, we need to seek wise counsel, okay? No one person, no author, no, pa- no one pastor, no one teacher, no one podcast should be the sole provider of our spiritual teaching. So when you're wrestling with things, seek wise counsel from those who are ahead of you spiritually, When we're doubting God, when we're doubting who he is and whose we are, you guys, Jude reminds us here in these verses, he says, remember God's rescue and his wrath. Remember. Will you pray with me? Father God, Lord, um, we praise you for being the God who rescues us over and over again. Lord, we praise you for being the God who is both perfectly gracious and perfectly just. Lord, even though we can't quite wrap our minds around that, we trust you in it. Lord, we thank you for that truth. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your confirmation. We thank you, Lord, that as your children, we can come before you and you give us permission to question the things that we don't understand. You are God. You don't have to explain yourself to anyone. And yet your desire is for us to come close and to know you and and to have relationship with you. And so we just, we thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for each person listening to this message. I pray, Lord, that you would speak a gentle truth straight to their heart, Lord, boldly. I pray for whatever it is that they are asking for confirmation for, Lord, that you would confirm it through your spirit within them, that you would show up in a mighty way. Teach them, show them, teach me, show me, Lord. Change us, Lord, to Uh, more into the likeness of your son, that we might be more like you each and every day and grow us in faith and love and obedience. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen. Thank you guys for being here with me. Next time, we will keep going deeper into the book of Jude, and we're going to continue to unpack uh, what it is that's waiting for us there, okay? In the meantime, you guys stay in the word. Keep reaching. Keep searching. I am praying for you and asking God to meet you right there in the middle of it. Bye now.